Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome to the Deceptively Fast Podcast. I'm Seth Payne. I played in the NFL for 10 years. I'm going to have my buddy Drew Hodgson on with me today. He played with me with the Texans. He was a center. I was a defensive tackle. We used to go against each other in practice. Uh, he also played collegiately at Arizona State. If you enjoy, please subscribe. Gets right into your inbox box. It'll be nice and easy. Uh, and also leave a five-star review. That would be really, really cool. Enjoy the show. All right, Drew. Buccaneers prevail 31-26. to Tom Brady goes to his umpteenth Super Bowl. And... Um, uh, this game, in the first half, I think you had seen the notes I had written. This was all about, oh, wow, Tom Brady and his poise in the playoffs is really coming through here. And uh, this, is where the, this is where the Packers are going to piss down their legs and all of Tom Brady's experience is going to make the difference. And then the Packers dashed that against the Rocks for most of the second half because Tom Brady, Tom Brady at one point had thrown three interceptions in seven plays. And, and yet... <laughs> And, and, and they weren't pretty either, right? Like they were, they were all right. fluttering high arm punts and all of his, except the one over the middle was just errant. It was a little bit high, but they're all his fault. There wasn't like, you couldn't blame as many right. drops as the Bucks receivers had in this game. You couldn't, you couldn't necessarily blame the receivers for those interceptions. So did, did Tom Brady genuinely outplay Aaron Rodgers here just by getting a huge lead in the first half enough that he could withstand his mistakes in the second half or am i just am i just too much in love with tom brady no i think your your love is is showing through too hard i mean that that was objectively i think aaron Rodgers won that won that uh that duel even though i kind of reject the premise of duels between players when guys aren't actually like facing each other <laughs> yeah they're not yeah. they're not actually throwing footballs at each other but, I thought, well i that's i'm glad you, know. you said that actually because i would say that with the packers it, at the very least the absence of David Bakhtiari was a big deal. And right. I, that's, it's not like that's anything new, but they'd been a much better, they'd been a much better pass protecting offensive line all season long. It was their pass block win rate today, according to ESPN stats, like midway through the fourth quarter, it was 57%, which is about average. In the, during the season, there were 74%. So the, the, the big Huge difference yeah. really was the Bucks' defensive line. And again, this is another area where I'm biased, but JPP, I would say Vita Vea. Tell me as a former center, what's it like going against a guy that is never going to have double digit sacks or anything, but can single handedly like 
destroying offensive lines pass protection by just bull rushing every time. Yeah, I mean, it's devastating because especially when you're considering that, you know, how mobile is our quarterback? What kind of guy do we have now? Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is one of those guys that I think is pretty underrated as far as his mobility goes. Um, but in general, I mean, it's it's always going to rush rush the pass. Always. Yeah. Every single time. I mean, it's going to force them to get rid of the ball before they're ready. Well, and that's where with Vita Vey, I was watching him because I was I was I was trying to make a comparison to Vince Wolfork. So the nose tackle mm. Vita Vea, who'd been out and ended up playing a lot in this game. And right. early on, he wasn't playing a whole bunch. He ended up playing a lot after his uh, his broken ankle. Um, but because Wolfork would never get a lot of sacks and he was more speedy than Vita Vea. But both of them have this ability to just compress the pocket to where Rodgers would be stepping up. Rodgers would flee the pocket before he absolutely had to, actually, before he really had to. It's just that mm-hmm. with that presence up in his face, one guy would get free. There would only be one guy loose on a pass rush, but Rodgers would start running. And and then I think that I'm still going to give Brady a little bit of the gamesmanship understanding of what to do. Like in the fourth quarter, those interceptions were all deep. I don't know if I can't remember Oof. if the Packers scored off of any of Brady's turnovers. Um, but but I, I think that Rogers <laughs> Rogers stalling out in the second quarter in the red zone down there. And then the okay, this is what this is what I'll blame. I'll blame the Packers coaching staff for yeah. at the end uh, in the second quarter, not going kicking for the field goal instead of going for it. And then in the second quarter, also not um not being ready for the punt. Like he's yeah. just he send defense stays out there. You got Tom Brady. You think they might Bruce Arians? You think they might go for it on fourth down? So they just were completely unprepared for that whole situation. And um and then that poor that poor Kevin, uh, what was it? Is it Kevin Clark? What's yeah. Jeez. Uh, I, oh, I, I mean, I I think Kevin you, King, I, Kevin Kevin Clark is a writer. <laughs> Kevin that that poor kid. I don't even want to call him out, but uh, I I must. He was just an atrocity out there. That that was pretty rough. I mean, it, it, there were a handful of things, but I think that you know, if you had to pick one, even though it's just not really fair to to boil it down to just one factor in the game. I mean, yeah, I think those those key screw ups by by Green Bay's coaching staff. I mean, that's just brutal. On top of the fact that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers played well enough to win that game, despite the changes to the offensive line, despite the kind of push that they're that Tampa Bay was getting inside. Um, I mean, that was a bit of a debacle, and I, I don't even know how you can really defend what was going on with Tom Brady at the end of that game. I mean, that was that was obscene to me. You yeah, can't, <laughs> you can't play that way. Those those picks were. <laughs> no. If that that reminded me of, do you remember Peyton Manning I, at I'll the defend, end of his I'll his career when he was in Denver? They, they weren't as his, no 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 no. Career, no Come Manning. on, it looked like it was sh- it was shot out of a cannon that that was malfunctioning. Peyton I mean, Manning was, couldn't even throw a. He was throwing wobbly passes. He couldn't even put a spiral <laughs> on it. At least Brady's had a <laughs> spiral fair. on it. This is going to be my most fanboy moment. Was <laughs> this is going to be it right here? It was in Tom Brady. Tom Brady, it was 28 to 23. There's eight minutes left in the game. He's thrown three interceptions in the last seven attempts. Green, Green Bay <laughs> as, has dominated. As all, as all dual winning quarterbacks do. Yes, the dom, dominated the time of possession. The, the Buccaneers had 52 yards of offense at that point in the second half. They, they go to Gronk after Gronk has been mostly a blocker the entire game. So good job play calling by Bruce Arians there for a 29-yard reception. So they get into field goal range. Brady misfires on an open receiver out to the left. 
They're still in field goal range as third and eight, and the pass rush comes free. And and Brady, and this is Drew. This is Brady's greatness. He understood <laughs> his limit. Lay, he lay understood down. his limitations at that moment. He wasn't going to throw yet another interception as he was getting tattooed by a pass rusher. So he just chucked the ball at the ground. They kick the field goal. They go up by eight, and then the Packers, who have already established that they are. Uh, frightened of their own shadow when they get the chance down in the end zone to actually go for the touchdown on fourth down they kick the field goal instead the advanced stats i know everybody always thinks like well the advanced stats are always going to say you should go for it i guess the advanced stats there said that it was about a wash as to as far as mm -hmm. win probability whether you actually went for the touchdown there or um or kick the field goal i would say that i think aaron Rodgers not running there choosing to pass the ball on third yeah. down instead of running kind of set that decision up for him. So even though Tom Brady wouldn't have been able to run for squat right there, if Tom Brady could run, he would have made the right decision instead of what Aaron Rodgers did. I chalked this up to Tom and his poise in big games. Yeah, no, I, th I think that you make a very compelling argument that not throwing a fourth interception in, in, in nine passes was a testament to his experience. That's yeah. His talent. Yes. Do you know, like his fortitude and, and his, his gamesmanship. I, I can't deny that. that true. That is true. Discretion is the better part of valor. That's been established. <laughs> yes. Shakespeare, established. somebody probably said that. So yeah. you can't even argue with that. Yeah. Um, Shakespeare, he knew football. Uh, other, other, other tepid defenses I'll make for Tom Brady. Brandy, my wife, noticed at one point in the game. Well, she said, wow, he really does go down easy these days. And I said, ah, because he's wise. <laughs> he needs to protect yeah. the ball and he needs to not get injured. And it, it, oh, yes, he goes God. down easy, but that's all. It's all every single thing. You're, he such, does, a cult, you're such a cult member. You're just assigning three dimensional chess to every single possible outcome. I did also write down in the first half that <laughs> the, the, the deep ball is obviously still there. I thought, you know what? His that, was got, a, that was his, a wild I, <laughs> I can't. His arm, got, his arm got tuckered out in the second half. The, the thing that he's never really had, like, I actually think what's funny about it is up until the last couple of years, I sort of feel like he's had an underrated deep ball. Like, people have sort of hammered him for not being able to throw deep, and yeah. he's just as effective as most guys. Well, He's just it's, not like a specialist like Breeze and some of these other, you know, prolific deep ball passers. Well, it's, it's who he has, right? I mean, when he had Randy Moss, it was all right. But then it was right, easy to right. discount his deep ball because you could say, well, he's just throwing up jump balls to Randy Moss. Yeah, but, because all the other teams that are, that are crushing it in the in the deep game don't have prolific receivers. Yeah, yeah they're all doing it with they plotters. all do. They're yeah. all doing it with like, come on. It's like they all have have incredible playmakers, but it's just, I, yeah. Okay, you're motioning at me. No, 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 no. You're. I, I had to get back to my Tom Brady love. I, I was afraid you were veering away. <laughs> Say, are you are you only interjecting to tell me how hot Tom Brady is again? <laughs> okay, this is the one. This is one quote where I felt like I was going to rise up triumphant and say, you know what. Bill Belichick is a fraud. He's a scam. <laughs> Bill Belichick is going to go down as the most brilliant footnote in NFL history because Tom Brady is going to win three straight Super Bowls with Bruce Arians. But the one quote from Bruce Arians that they showed on the broadcast that when he said New England didn't allow him to coach Tom Brady, I allow him to coach. So Tom Brady's always coached his receivers and his offensive line and all that. So I, I assume he meant Tom Brady's input into play calling. And that was interesting to me just because I think the one thing that Tom Brady, I don't think Tom Brady has always gotten a lot of respect for his physical skills because he doesn't have many. I mean, he's been a very accurate right. thrower, but I think even in Green Bay, 
I think he might have always felt a little bit underappreciated. And what Green Bay coaches didn't understand was that his his ability to just actually execute that game plan mm-hmm. mentally way better than anybody else was what was what made him better. And they knew he was smart, but they still thought it was the system. There's that quote in that book about Belichick where they, they say uh, an unnamed coach says that they figured that they could have done what they did with half of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, the top, the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. I think they, they figured they could have done what they did in New England. And ever since I read that quote, I've been furious at uh, the entire state of Massachusetts. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a complete hot garbage position to take. I mean, I, but, but I will say if you're, if you're, if you read into it is that, you know, what we let Tom do here in Tampa that they never were able to really pull off in New England <laughs> yeah, yeah. by winning five Super Bowls okay. is coach on the field. You know, <laughs> well, I feel are. like that's a that's a blazing hot radioactive position to take when they've it's worked out pretty well in New England despite whatever no. uh, whatever coaching ability. No, no I just dis- I disagree. <laughs> I, I no, I think I think what happened here is that New England clearly and obviously underperformed. (laughs) And if they had just a a credible GM anytime after Scott Pioli (laughs) left the building, instead of letting Bill Belichick shop for all the groceries. Yes, yes. They wouldn't have had so few shutouts in the playoffs. If they even (laughs) had a shutout in the playoffs. I mean, God, it's ridiculous. They should, they would have 45 minutes time of possession, but the, I would say as far as the, the, the things that aren't readily apparent when it comes to a Tom Brady coach team is the the body positioning of the Bucks receivers. It's one thing mm-hmm. I noticed today. It's it's not it's not as simple as while wow, those guys are just out competing and out contesting the Packers for these balls. That's what I, I've watched. I've seen Tom Brady work with the receivers specifically about the body positioning and everything. And like the the way they turn for the ball and the timing of it and all of that, that's all meticulously coordinated by Tom right. Brady. And it's just, uh, frankly, it's just, that's why he's better than Aaron Rodgers. I almost, I mean, I, I that all of that, I, I totally agree with. I mean, I think that's the value that he's bringing at this point in his career. Right. I mean, especially when you see the thing that's surprising is that d- despite whatever issues he had and like throwing punt interceptions, like you mentioned earlier, is that even the balls that he used to was, he was so accurate with consistently, you know, throwing the outs, especially. I mean, he yeah. had a few today that were just nowhere near. Right, I mean, right. Which, yeah. which used to just be automatic. And, and a- that's the stuff that's kind of brought the offense looking a little sloppier, I think, than it actually is. Yeah, well, and I think that you're right to point out Peyton Manning in his last Super Bowl. I don't think Brady's anywhere yeah. near that yet, but you can see it'll be a slower decline for Brady. Sure. But it's it it is the the errant passes, the wildly errant passes. Not it's not like he's never had those before, but maybe that's a little bit of the canary in the coal mine. The one the one other aspect of the pass rush for the Bucks that I wanted to ask you about was the Bucks ran a three-man pass rush more in the first half than they did in the second half, and it was pretty effective. And the one thing that I was impressed with was that when they had a three-man pass rush, like the defensive linemen were busting their asses. They didn't mm-hmm. stop. If they got double teamed, they were still bull rushing, which is a lot of times, a lot of times when people crush a defensive coordinator for calling a three-man pass rush, half of it's on the D-line because you feel there's a there's a human tendency, there's a human urge that you have to fight that you think, well, I'm gonna get double teamed anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you have to you have to have guys that'll fight through that and just drive through the double teams. I thought the Bucks did that. As an offensive lineman, when you see a three-man pass rush, I always I always wondered if you guys feel like it's 
almost like when you're um you know when you're in college and you're taking a class that's supposed to be easy and you end up getting a, a C minus or a D in it because it because it was so easy. Do you get a little nervous like that it's so eerie and calm that there's only three uh, three defensive linemen? I I have to think that that's sort of the mentality when you're maybe when you're a tackle. I think that happens for the, for the guys on the outside because it's just lonely and quiet. Because you're and- just thinking, you know, like you know that if you do take it a little too easy, you can still absolutely get smoked. It can still turn into a one on one if they rush the right way. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're the guard, the guard, it's the equivalent of being, you know, a receiver who you know is the fourth option, and you're just never going to get the ball, so you see him you know, half-assing it down the field. I mean, that's basically yeah. what the guards are doing usually versus like the three-man front. They're kind of just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's the just tackles all... you see, yeah, if you're a tackle and you get smoked on that, it's, you should just put a gun in your mouth. It's, <laughs> you know where the, you know where the interior line gets in trouble on the three-man rush is if there's a spy, so the fourth rusher would be a spy who's out there hanging out yeah. in the hook area. And then some, like a center or a guard decides he's going to be a hero and just <laughs> clean right. somebody up, right? Like, oh, I'm yeah. going to go over and crush this guy in the ribs. I'm going to yeah. take out his spleen. And then you open it up wide open for that spy to just come up yep. and rush. Yeah. yeah. Just I've leave it that leave before. a giant gap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll concede that. It, I, I'll concede. Look, Brady played a hell of a first half. You can never take that away from me. No, too. no. You, I mean, you can't. I mean, they, they they look pretty solid. I still think at the end of the game, with all the drops and everything else and the picks, I mean, it just looked like a like a sloppy sort of game to play. You know, leading into a Super Bowl. Well, the officials were okay. That's the other thing. The officials weren't calling anything. The officials weren't calling anything in terms of defensive holding or pass interference. And so it's ironic that the last play of the game was Kevin King dragging like at first i thought i thought that it was a flop at first but then you did you see the angle where it looked yeah. like kevin king was just water skiing behind him like it was yep. what do you, you know did. what did, i give yeah. credit to the kid for trying it was it was a rough day for kevin king <laughs> it, it wasn't wasn't one of their better outings i mean i still you know god that receiving core i i assume you know based on what other people tell me about receivers and how good they are i guess uh-huh. it's just really really strong so, you know, I mean, he, he, I'm sure he benefits from that. And I, I, I don't know how it levels up compared to what's going on in Green Bay, but they, they pulled it out. Oh, the other thing I thought you would appreciate as uh, an offensive lineman was in the first half, the screens that the Bucks were mm. running. I mean, those were beautiful. Mm. They, they really just, they, they were out there like a, an armada escorting those guys. It, it was a clinic. I mean, it was perfect. I mean, they they sucked them in perfectly. The guys. I mean, there was this. There was one of the screens, and I think it might have been right after you had messaged me too, when we were you know going back and forth during the game, where it was just a three man rush, which yeah. is so hard to run a screen against. Generally, so hard. Right. And they everybody's did, out they got, there with their yeah. eyes. You're playing zone behind it, so everybody's playing can zone see it behind coming. it. They're yeah. they're they're right there. They should be waiting on it, and they yeah. still had just an armada of guys, body on body. And they still made it work. I mean, that's that's well done. What is it when when teams uh, get their screens snuffed out routinely? Is it generally that they got a couple tells somewhere? I mean, because it's not tendencies by formation typically, because everybody's got those, and you and you, you you counter them. But it drives me insane sometimes when you see teams that'll be trying to run screens, and every time nobody has bit on anything. Well, I mean, my feeling, and I think Houston has had this problem yeah. a lot in the past where usually, I mean, of course it can just be your mannerisms and kind of your body language, I think, and give it away during the play, especially with the offensive line up front. 
But more than anything, I think it's situational. Like the teams that really know how to do it are calling it at the perfect, most unexpected time. Yeah. And you don't really, there's no rhyme or reason. I don't know. I think it's instinct. I don't think that they're looking at a script and saying, okay, yeah, second and eight, this is when we're doing it. They feel the flow of the game and they know that, okay, we got them sucked in now. And well, yeah, and that's that yeah, they do it. That's one that are bad at it. Like Houston never had a good sense of when to call it. It's because because they're just trying because they planned on calling it instead of right. as, as, a, as a response to an over aggressive pass rush or, uh, you, you know, linebackers that are biting too hard elsewhere. They they just kind of probably felt like, well, it's in the game plan this week. I don't want to think about Houston right now. I'm on. To, <laughs> Sorry, I'm Houston's going to be fully intact. They're going to have a head coach and not a dysfunctional front office. And Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson will probably be there as soon as tomorrow morning, you know, working out or something. in the Yeah, building. no, there's there's no question. Definitely. Definitely no influence by a potential cult leader going out in the front office by any means. All right. I've um, I, I, I won't call Tom Brady the. I won't call Tom Brady the MVP of this game uh, for having the wisdom to not throw a fourth interception. And I'll, I'll give the MVP to the Bucks defensive line. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I think that's fair. I okay. think it has to be. I mean, the, the stuff they were able to pull off, like you said, with a three-man rush and being able to buckle up in the third quarter. I mean, I understand that Rodgers didn't look like he was maybe his you know 10 out of 10 self, but still, I mean, it's... They look pretty sharp to me. I mean, I still it it just feels weird that they that that's the team that's going to be in the Super Bowl after all the drops and the picks and it just wasn't a very clean performance. But nah. and it didn't, they didn't look that good last week to me either. No, I know. I mean, no. Am I wrong? No, am no, I, no, I, no. You I didn't. Mean, it was a weird last week. Was a weird game too. I thought like last week. I didn't yeah. think. I didn't think Brady or Breeze played all that bad. Yes, last week. I thought that they were taking what the defense gives them mm-hmm. and all that nonsense. And then Breeze obviously just made a couple of bad. Breeze looked bad when he made he his did. bad plays. He did. I guess what you know what happened with Brady in both these games. They looked. The he same. made some really bad plays, and it just didn't. It didn't ultimately kill well, him at the, the end. The, both those teams last week looked as as close to mirror images of teams that I've seen playing each other in the playoffs in a really long time. Yeah. I mean, both sides of the ball. They looked really similar top to bottom. And both quarterbacks were doing a lot of the same kind of up and down, you know, Erratic quarterback erratic play, play, but with dominant yeah. defenses. Right. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. go watch this Bills game. And with that, I went and watched the Bills game. And then Drew and I caught up afterwards. All right, Drew. I had high hopes for the Buffalo Bills. I thought it was going to be a slugfest. I deluded myself into thinking this game could be more than it was. But ultimately, the Chiefs win 38-24. to Mahomes goes 29-38 of for 325 yards and three touchdowns. Josh Allen looks kind of like he did last year versus the Texans in the playoffs. And um, that's where we are. I, uh, uh, yeah, fuck this. I don't like the way we started off that. I had no place to go with it. Hold on, I gotta give you your input. Three, two, one. All right, Drew. I had deluded myself into thinking this was gonna somehow be some kind of slugfest. I gave the Bills defense more credit than I should have. The Chiefs win handily 38 to 24. It felt even a lot more lopsided than that after the Bills jumped out to a nine-nothing lead. Are the are the Chiefs an NBA team? I, I don't, I've been trying not to say this because it <laughs> felt too simple and easy, but you know how sometimes really good NBA teams will kind of cruise through the regular season and then they get to the playoffs and they're a whole different team. Is that what we witnessed right. last night was the, was the Chiefs deciding, okay, yeah, here we go. Now we're going to show you what we're really all about. It, it looks that way. I mean, they definitely have another gear that they can, that they can you know, shift into. I think that it's pretty obvious that their experience – 
was on display versus what's going on in Buffalo. I mean, they look like a team that's very comfortable in being in an AFC championship game. They that's like a really before and they yeah. have, they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. And I, I think if you look at their key players, whether it's Tyree kill or Travis Kelsey or, or Tyron Matthew, who was robbed of a sack because that Josh, that Josh Allen oh, yeah. intentional grounding doesn't get counted as a sack. That's that's BS, by the way. That's a rule that needs to change. Well, there's a loss of down. There's a, a 15 yard penalty yeah. or 10 yard penalty. But, but otherwise, I mean, the sacks, they also had four other sacks in that game. The Chiefs sacked Josh Allen four times for 53 yards. It was just uh, it was an absolute drubbing. And I think. You're exactly right when you talk about how one team looked like they belonged there, they were ready for it, and the Bills just looked a little bit more timid. Um, Stephon Diggs got pressed a whole bunch mm-hmm. in the line of scrimmage, and and it limited him. And I think that the Chiefs just showed up and showed who they were and what you expected them to be. I don't, I don't think that this says a whole lot about Josh Allen in the future. Other than that, he's clearly not at the same level. I think he's not at the same level mentally that Pat Mahomes is. Is that fair to say? It is. It, you know, it's one of these things where I would be interested to hear what, you know, I mean, our uh, shared friend in, in Sage Rosenfels would think about his performance because I'm start, I'm just not enough of an expert on each individual quarterback play to make that, you know, guess on his future. But he just, it, it's one of those things that sounds trite to say, but he doesn't look like the guy to me. He looks uncomfortable. He doesn't uh-huh. look like someone who's in, you know, several years now, you know, into their career. I don't know that you can keep just calling him a young player without enough experience. I mean, he, the guys who are ready usually are ready by now. That no, I don't know. Past, it's his third you know? year. It's his third, and he just took a step forward this year because of his the changes in his throwing motion. Mm-hmm. Like he he became more of a pure. I don't want to say a pure passer because he'll always be a runner. Also, yeah, uh, the running was a huge part of it. And I think the Chiefs said, "Okay, look, we're going to play a whole bunch of man, which is going to free the quarterback up to run." And and Josh Allen ended right. up running for eighty eight yards. But when you've got Patrick Mahomes on the offensive side of yeah. the ball, the quarterback can run all he wants, unless it's Lamar Jackson. It's and and we've seen like even when it's Lamar Jackson, that's exactly. not enough if you're not getting it done in the passing game. Yeah, he's he's got to take that next step next year to where he's diagnosing things pre-snap because those sacks, exactly, yeah. a lot of those sacks were just in not recognizing the blitz. You know, it was in in, in him kind of being surprised about what was coming. And, and him not being ready for it, where a, a, a more veteran quarterback knows at least the blitz is coming. And he's ready to he's ready to throw it away if he doesn't get what he wants. Well, where yeah. I, Allen's like kind of still he's still processing yeah. as the blitzers are coming, as the pass rush is coming. And he, you can almost kind of see him thinking like, oh, wait a second. Should I throw this away? And it, it's too late. That's what I was thinking. You can see the wheels turning as he's as he's moving during the play. Like yeah. you can actually see his body language looking like he's trying to understand what the next move should be. And he had plays where his his scrambling capability looked a lot like Russell uh, Wilson in Seattle to me. I mean, he's like reverse rolling out, buying time, buying time, shaking a tackler off. But then he doesn't do anything with it. He doesn't make a you know a spectacle of a play. That he should, that other guys who are who are capable of doing the same sort of, you know, like second level kind of movement into the extending the play, I should say, and he doesn't do anything with it. So it's you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't. I'm I'm not really sold on it, barring their defense just turning into something that's historically effective for him oh, to be able to lean on it. 
Yeah, and we'll get to we'll get to Leslie Frazier's defense because Leslie Frazier is a leading candidate to be the my my Texans head coach. So oh, that's wow. a whole nother that's a whole nother topic. I will yeah. I will give Josh Allen this when it comes to the execution of the RPO game and a lot mm-hmm. of the the op- the read option stuff. He's pretty smooth. I like I I like. Sure. Over these last ten years, as the as the college quarterbacks become more and more prevalent, and the college schemes become more prevalent, I love the guys that really genuinely sell it. And Josh Allen will run seven yards out and, and carry out the fake like he's got the ball after he hands the ball off. It's just that by the second half, you'd see so many times where Allen would be rolling out on either a sprint option or an RPO, and the Chiefs just had everything covered downfield. Yep. It was just. Yeah. Um, they just had everything blanketed. Their secondary it, looked good. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah, I that um, and I, well, it's all about matchups. I'm wondering about just exactly how good they'll look versus Tom Brady. But the the other thing about the Bills defense, Leslie Frazier kind of playing a bend but don't break. You know, it used to be that teams would play that bend but don't break because it was too hard for offenses to to actually march down the field, throwing everything underneath mm-hmm. guys between Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and the rest of them, they turn so many five yard catches into 15 and 20 yard receptions. And I mean, some of it's leverage issues by the defense, but a whole lot of it is just what we'd said that they're just, they're animals in the playoffs. These guys, I, Travis Kelsey annoys the crap out of me. But I cannot deny that he's just got a little something extra in these primetime games. Yeah, I, I that's a great example of a guy who I just I hate that he's good. <laughs> yeah, like it just bothers me personally that he's good. Yeah. Like there's there's char- there's like characters like that in movies that you watch, like TV shows, and you're just like so mad that they're like doing well and it's not even real life. It's like any you know, of those like, uh, oh. those John Hughes movies from the eighties, where like the, <laughs> exactly the yeah. rich, good looking guy, yeah. like everything yeah. just goes right for him, and there's nothing this well, snotty yeah. guy can do. We're, yeah, we're at the end of the movie, like yeah, sure, the rich guy didn't end up with the girl, but he's rich. And he's hot <laughs> yeah. and he's gonna do fine. Like after the movie ends, he's gonna do better. Than you know, in real life, yeah. In real life, by, like by the time he's thirty-five, okay he'll be doing the exact same things that he was doing, like when when yeah. he was a kooky teenager. The, yeah, yeah. He doesn't lose that ability to bully people as life progresses. No, he's. Oh, oh no! Chad's, Chad's I, he lost great. the he lost the yacht race when he was sixteen. How will he ever <laughs> exactly. recover? How will he ever yeah. recover from that when he takes his gap year? And well, it's like oh, yeah. oh, you mean he didn't end up with his first love when he was a sophomore? high school what a disappointing finish for him like oh wow it's like you dodged a bullet man he lost the girl who is super hot for their high school to the nerdy sophomore but then he goes off to college where he's a he's a rich kid like that drives a porsche and has all the cocaine like yeah his dad bought the education wing of the building so he was able to get into harvard even though he doesn't belong there you know but yeah but getting back to the chiefs i mean it's it's there one thing that's just so obvious in the buffalo you know bill's defense obviously is is no joke and their team speed is just outrageous i mean kansas city like in space and doing anything else it's just it's night and day for yeah, almost any yeah. other team that you're watching it's every single player can just extend the play and it's they execute wild. all the little wrinkles that they do so well right you know it's it might sound simple enough to just throw in a new few plays or a few wrinkles every single week and have all these options off the jet sweeps and the end arounds and the little Travis Kelsey shovel pass. But to do all those things at the speed they do, it's really fun to watch. I mean, they just teams that try to do that much usually screw up a lot. And these guys 
don't screw up a lot. You know, you have the meet Cole Hardman issue um, in, a, in a couple snafus in this game, but being down nine nothing just just doesn't matter to them it, yeah it just runs so smooth and that's even despite when you're watching you know Mahomes scramble and he gets in the open field and he just looks like he's limping at you know 50 percent yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's still just you know getting 12 yards oh the other coaching issue in terms of just not being ready for the big game or perhaps not understanding the situation that you're in Sean McDermott I, I know you're a defensive-minded head coach I know that your defense played better as the season went along, but you have to understand that you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You kick a field goal from the two-yard line. You kick a field goal from the eight-yard line when it's 24-12 to 12 midway mm-hmm. through the fourth quarter, and it's just it's not going to get it done versus the Chiefs. You have no. to just put your foot on the gas all the time versus those guys. Yeah, there, there's some, there's sort of a, I feel like a theme of that in the playoffs. Like Some of these teams aren't realizing that they're in the playoffs. And that you're just not going to win these games by doing that. It's yeah, you got, strange... yeah, yeah. Your whole the, the problem is too many motivational posters, like too many, like, hey, <laughs> right. we're going to treat this game just like a regular season game or this or that. No, you're going against Andy Reid. You know yeah. who? All of the negatives about Andy Reid have seemingly vanished in terms of his game yeah. management or anything else like that. He just he figured it all out. I think at mm-hmm. least part of it. I'd like to think at least part of it is that. Perhaps his game management issues have disappeared. One because he, one because he has Patrick Mahomes, which helps a lot. Who, right. who Pat Mahomes has still, I believe, yet to lose an NFL game by more than one possession. That's that's, that's a, a that's a wild stat. If that's yeah. true, yeah, that's a crazy God. stat. If that's, I, I believe that's what I heard on the around the NFL podcast. Wow. Um, but I wonder if Eric Bieniemy, who. The, the big game right now everybody is trying to play is, okay, well, how much is Eric Bieniemy actually responsible for this offense? Because it is an Andy Reid offense. How much is he actually calling plays? I do wonder if at the very least Bieniemy has such a working relationship with Andy Reid that a lot of the, maybe the game management decisions can be handled completely by Andy Reid instead of Andy Reid being as heavily involved in play calling. Yeah, I... That's a great question. I feel like that's sort of the, uh, if you're a Texans fan or if you're someone who's just on the outside watching it with interest, that seems to be the million dollar question is what, what exactly is the, you know, the input in that formula? Like who's responsible for what in that? And it's like, but I mean, you have to think, you know, Andy Reid has always had these really interesting, innovative sort of offenses. And it seems like it's come to fruition now in kind of the modern age where people are doing more RPOs and everything else. And quarterback play has changed a bit where McNabb was kind of like the freak at his position at that time for a brief period. And it's like now that, his running ability and scrambling would be nothing compared to half the quarterbacks in the league now. So in, uh, and yeah, and he's and Reed's been doing it forever. So it's just like old hat. Yeah. Like he's just now able to really, you know, spread his wings, beautiful little right. butterfly that he is. And, and yeah, fly just off. so light on his feet. The, the Eric B job search is intriguing me. Like the more I watch this and when I watch clips of Eric B and I've, and I've talked to a couple people that know Eric B Eric Bieniemy, aside aside from all of the racial components and systemic issues and all of that, I do I do think that at least part of it with Eric Bieniemy is that I don't think, and this is a compliment to Eric Bieniemy, I don't think he wants to play the kiss kiss a billionaire's ass game. I like I really and I and I think a lot of billionaires don't know how mm-hmm. to handle guys who 
aren't going to pretend to kiss their asses. And I think it's, I think there's a really good chance that that's the quality that's going to end up making him a really, really good head coach, but he needs to have an owner who either has the balls or ovaries or whatever to, to understand that, Oh, look, I'm not hiring. I'm not hiring a guy that needs to speak to the board of directors properly or anything. Cause Eric Bianami does not, <laughs> he does not, give a damn about like presenting mm-hmm. himself. Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell got the job up in Detroit and he had a really weird, wacky press conference, but he sent a pamphlet. He sent a little booklet that he had written with his coaching philosophy, all this stuff up to the owner's management owners, uh, owners or the Detroit lions ownership before he went up there. And they were just gushing about it. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, his, his ideas about corporate culture are just aligned so perfectly with ours. That like, corporate culture, my ass hire a bunch of good football players and some good coaches and go play football. Yeah. Yeah. But the corporate culture they've had in place is, has yeah. just worked out beautifully. For <laughs> well, them. So, well, so no, make sure you get someone who aligns with that. Yeah. No, I, I mean, no, I'm, it's like, it's I'm like they're hiring somebody to work at Ford motor company. Right. And it's yeah. just not, it's not the same. I that think a stuff lot of works, the coaches that go in and interview and sell them on it and have a good motivational speech. I mean, it sounds, it's cliche, but I mean, it works. It totally works. I agree. I mean, I think no matter what the, those owners, people in the front office, people who, you know, probably come from generational wealth. There's an element of privilege, no matter how self-aware they are, cannot be completely separated from the decision. Like there right. just is. No, yeah. They are being placated to nonstop all day, every day by players, everyone else, and even the ones who are very aware, at least to the extent that they can be, do, do not realize that, you know, the one time that someone's actually being real, it might just come off as rudeness or a lack of you know, interest in the position. When right. It's not, not really the case. Yeah. It's not. Um, well, cause yeah, a lot of them, it's their version of like, Oh, well, I, Hey, I had, I took my lumps coming up. I was a right. junior executive for three solid years before, <laughs> right. <laughs> before I made it to see. I actually executive. took my SATs. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. All right, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll get together later this week and preview this Super Bowl. Awesome. Thanks. Have a good one, man.